of the Entry Level Podcast, where I, Sarah Dudley, and my co-host, Lindsay Bernard, talk all things entry level. This episode is all about understanding success, why it's important, why it's uncomfortable, and why it's really all just relative. So in this episode, we're going to talk about defining what success means to you, why comparison kills all dreams, understanding what the timeline of success should look like or could look like, what the ugly side of success might be, the number one thing that holds most of us back from being successful, and also how the people that you surround yourself with can either help or hurt you. So with that said, let's get started. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Um, So this is interesting. When I think about what is success and how do you become successful, The first thing that kind of goes into my mind is, you know, everyone has their own definition of success. And even with your closest friends, with your coworkers, and, you know, maybe even if you're lucky to have a mentor, sometimes, you know, personal success and what each individual deems as successful changes from person to person. And, you know, when I take a step back and I think about success, I think about the different phases of my life. You know, when, when I was in high school, it was grades, it was sports, it was getting into college that I deem successful that I work towards. You know, when I got to college, my whole goal in college was to get there and do as many internships and be involved as as many things as I could so that I could get a good job out of school and, and start working and making my own money. And when I got out of school and I was able to achieve my goal of getting a job that I into a program that I wanted, um, everything for me changed at that moment and I just put all my eggs into this program that I was in after school, uh, after, after college, not an after school program, but after college into my first job where I was given a very, very laid out career path. If you work the hardest, if you do the right things, you could find yourself at this level at this time. And I can, you know, speaking from my personal experience, I put all my eggs into that basket and I sacrificed a lot. And, you know, from 22 to, you know, 25, I spent hours in a cube and studying and grinding and and stack ranking myself up against, you know, other people that were in the same program just for the chance to get that promotion and get to the next phase of my career. Um, And what's interesting is I, you know, achieved that. And now I'm, I'm sitting here talking with you and with Sarah about this topic. And by any standard, you know, if I went through where I am in my career, uh, you know, I think it's it's shown success, but what's scary for me right now is I'm sitting here and what's next for me to be successful in because I always gauge success as different goals, different different paths to achieve an outcome, and I think that um, you know I think for me and success, working hard always, you know, working hard is always at the forefront, but also what are you willing to sacrifice? You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm not married. I dedicated the last eight years and really the last 10 years, including college, to my career. Um, And you kind of wake up one day and you're like, okay, you're at this level. Now what? And I think that can also be the downside of success that I'm seeing now. Like, I'm not sure what's next. Yeah, I think 
really defining what success means to you is the number one most important thing that you can do. So, you know, at different points in your life, like what you were just saying, you're going to have different a different definition of success. When you're when you're young and you're in high school, definition of success to you might be excelling in sports or getting into a good college. When you're in college, you know, it's it's, you know, really nailing your grades and getting everything in order that you need to to get that good job out of school. Once you're in that job, you know, there's always going to be a new goal, a new definition of what success looks like to you as you progress through your life. And I think it's not just something that we look at in our jobs or in our careers or in school I think it's also you know defining what success means to you in your life you know because it's going to change as you progress through life you know is success to you is that money is it a title a, a job title is it having a family by a certain age is it having a you know a balance in life some people don't want have any desire to have you know some high paying job where they're going to have to work 80 hours a week because they want that balance they want that other life you know, time that they can spend doing other things they enjoy. If you want to be famous, is it that you can travel the world? You know, there are so many definitions of success for different people that I think you just have to assess, you know, kind of where you're at. And and like you, I think I've gone through different phases. You know, in my earlier years, I was so driven to succeed because I came from nothing. And I knew that the only possible way that I was going to get to where I wanted to be in life was put all my my time and energy into school into you know my early jobs into you know getting to where I could in my career as quickly as I could to get to a point where I felt like I had where I've reached a level of success that I could then step back and say okay what's next like I'm comfortable I feel like I'm in a good spot in my career for my age and like now what's next what's that next layer of success look like for me and I think a lot of people when they get to late 20s maybe early 30s they start having that similar conversation yeah and I'm curious so it's funny when I I was around a lot of um, people that are still my best friends to this day like starting in this program when you're 22 years old and you start out with a common goal and everyone's hungry and everyone wants to get that promotion. And it's, and I felt like self, you know, you know, realizing where you stack up and what you have to do and and realizing your weaknesses. Like that's something that I've really had to like growing, growing, even growing up, I've always had to be like, what are my weaknesses and how do I overcome them? Because I think that everyone has them and relating them to your task at hand Um, But back to some of my friends that I still have, you know, we started out on this trajectory and I'll tell you right now, out of 15 of us, I'll say five of us are still doing the role that I'm doing. Um, And because people's priorities change and that's okay. Um, One of my best friends, he was a, a, a very, very good sales account executive, but he realized that he wanted to go on a smaller scale and start his own business. And he's doing that now and he's doing great. But his whole level of success and how he defines it had to change in order for him to be successful in this next venture in his life. And I think that's such a valuable lesson that, you know, you can change your definition of success. It, you know, one month it may be, I want this promotion. And then as you're preparing for it, for the interviews, for this and that, you're like, wait, this actually isn't a job that I want to do. And, you know, to, to reshift and think about that. And I, I think that's really good to point out that it's okay to change your definition of success as you're going on. You know, it's not always going to be the same. And we we have friends who have done that across the board. Oh, totally. And, and, And it comes back to, I think, at any given point, 
you know, what is your fundamental drive? Like, what is that factor? What is that, you know, they call it, what is your why? What does that look like for you? What drives you? What motivates you? What makes you excited to get up every day? You know, for some people, that's it, money. And I'm not going to lie, at certain phases of my life, I was completely driven by money because when you grow up without it, you feel that pain and you understand, mm-hmm. like, how much, how your life can revolve around it if you don't have enough to get by. And so I, I, you know, one of my driving factors was, like, never to be in a position where that's something that my life has to 100% revolve around. And so as as I've gotten out of that mindset a little bit, I've started to have a different definition of my why. Like, what, like what does that look like for me at this point in my life? And it's less about how much money I can make and more about, you know, the impact I can make. Yes. And, and, and Sarah's very shifts. much like that, I will say. <laughs> She's very, that's a very good statement, the impact. So it's a, it's just another example of you know if your if your why if your purpose changes it's just a sign more of your own growth I think than it is any kind of negative thing like we're not always going to be driven by the same things for a whole life and yeah. that it's just your changing definition of success yeah and when I was in high I remember when I was in middle school in high school I had my first job at fourteen I think I got around that law I'm not sure how but I remember I played three sports I was involved in a lot of the clubs at school. And I remember I'd go from soccer practice or soccer games and rush to Dairy Queen. That's where I worked. Um, I would rush. I'd work there all summer. I would rush to the Dairy Queen that was still open, even though it was getting cold out. And I would sit there until 9 p.m. when we closed, and I would go home, do homework, and I'd wake up for high school and do it all over again. And I remember uh, my cousin, who's my age, we worked there together, and I remember we used to sit there. And we used to like dream about getting out of the town. Like, I, and I know that sounds cliche, but all I pictured when I was sitting at those nights with a Dairy Queen sweatshirt on, like serving ice cream when it was 40 degrees out, I'm like, I have to, you know, I, I can't wait to get to college. I can't wait to be on my own. I can't wait to not have to, you know, rely on my, my, my parents who at the time were not reliable um, for money and I, I couldn't wait. And so for me, when I look back now, it was funny. I was having a conversation with one of my friends this past weekend. We were sitting on her porch, grilling, hanging out, you know, talking about life. And I just thought for a second and I thought, this is exactly what I wanted to be doing, you know, living in a city, like living my own life, having my own money. And, and that kind of struck me because I was like, okay, you, what's next? Like you, you actually, I, I stopped thinking about that kid that was growing up because it just seems so far away, like so far past it, but it's not, you know, you're still that, I'm still that kid who couldn't wait to get out and I still appreciate it. Yeah, exactly what you just said. I was home for a week this past week and it was, it was really strange. This feeling that I had is I remember that same feeling when I was younger, a teenager and, and wanting to get out so badly, like this mm-hmm. desperate need to get out of Vermont and, and run as far away as I could and just do my own thing and, you know, live my life and, and have an adventurous life and get out of the small town. And when I was home this past week, it was like almost like this opposite pull of like, <laughs> I was like truly, it was weird because I don't have a lot of these moments, but I was like truly appreciating the beauty of where I came from and like having my family around. And I was like, part of me was like man I kind of wish I could spend you know live here part-time or something like I wish I could come back more and I feel Mm -hmm. like you have to you have to get away from the things that you feel like are holding you down or you know you have to explore and you have to live your life with this like driving motion forward but also like do those gut checks like stop and think like 
is this still what I want? Don't just do yeah. it because, oh, I paid $100,000 for a college degree and now I hate my job and I hate my life. And, you know, you always have to do those gut checks because, like, your definition will change. And as it changes, you want to do what it takes to, to kind of, you know, keep yourself in a good place, keep yourself happy and the things that are most important to you at the forefront, whether or not that's, like, the definition of someone else's success or not, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, you know, you should only really be comparing your progress to yourself. Yes. If you are succeeding and you are driving forward and you are improving yourself in every area of life that you want to improve yourself, that's success. Like, who cares if, you know, the guy next door is a CEO at 30 or, you know, whatever you're comparing yourself to. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah, at the end of the day, you don't know their backstory. You don't know what help they've had or, or their journey or any of that stuff. And, and the same with you. Like, people are probably looking at you wishing that they were in the place that you're at, not understanding how hard you've worked to get there and what you've sacrificed. And, you know, those weekends where you didn't go out because you were working on a cool project or something that excited you. People don't see those hours behind the scenes. They just see, oh, well, they got lucky. And that's, you know, how, right. how often is that really the case? Right. And, you know, it's funny like you said something at the beginning, kind of what is, what is the downside of success or how, you know, and, you know, I think the downside of success is, is letting it take over you and not rem- not remembering kind of the hard work and the path that it took you to get there, that struggle. Um, I, I can't even tell you how many, you know, executives I used to look up to that I'd just seen take a turn because of selling selling themselves out, getting in a situation where, being all they cared about was being successful and it got them in trouble or they stopped, you know, living their life with integrity or did something that caused them to get reprimanded or seeing things take a turn. And I've seen it in a lot of, you know, I've, I've seen it the last 10 years in so many people that I've looked up to. And so when, when I look at that and I look at these people I looked up to and I see them kind of throw colleagues under the bus you know, make a shady deal, make questionable decisions, all for that that feeling of success. Because once you have it, you want it, and and you want it, and you, and then you kind of put blinders on to how do you get it. But it's always important to take a step back. And usually, the things that got you by your whole life to be successful, that you were true to yourself, are usually what would get you there yeah. to the next level, even even further. So I think yeah. there can be a, a negative side to success that. Um, you know, unfortunately, it, it just hits a lot of certain people. Yeah, and I think in, in adding on to that, the other pieces of, like, the ugly side of success are, are kind of, like, your own internal thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, when you start to reach certain levels of success, especially if you're at a young age, and, you know, maybe the people you work with are a lot older or, you know, you're hitting a milestone years before typically people would hit that milestone, you start to feel a lot of anxiety, I think. Like, this idea of right. imposter syndrome yeah. that we're going to talk about We'll in have the a show on that. Yeah. Like, this idea that, like, whoa, you know, I'm not capable enough to do this. Like, how could they think I'm good enough to do this job? Or if you get hired for a job that you think is way out of your reach or for a title that you think is, like, way out of your scope and I've been down this road before and it's like you know if those people believe in me why shouldn't I believe in me right especially since nine times out of ten you you know knock it out of the park you do a great job and it's just like that those moments those doubts those hesitations where as you start to reach kind of new levels 
it's you're always you're always going to be uncomfortable and it's if you're uncomfortable you're probably pushing yourself and that is a good thing if you're always comfortable and everything that you're doing day in and day out and you're not feeling challenged first of all you're probably bored as hell and secondly you know you're not really stretching yourself and so mm-hmm. those that anxiety and that stress of feeling like you know you're you're like ah oh, i can't do this right. or you're just freaking out and you don't have that faith in yourself that's it's almost a good sign that you're that you're doing something right I because agree. you're you're pushing yourself and that's good I, I was talking to i talked to a lot of different people i tried to talk to people in their 50s and their 40s uh recent grads post grads some of our friends doing research for some of these episodes and it was funny i was talking to someone about this how do you know if you're successful and she said, I don't know, I hate my job. I, she goes, I hate my job, I wake up every day and I hate it, and I just can't wait to quit, I can't, but I don't know what else I want to do. And I said, okay, so do you feel successful at all in your job? And she goes, yeah, I mean, I feel like I get, she goes, I feel like I get good you know, accolades, but you know, I don't want to study for this test, and I just hate it. And then I thought to myself, and I was like, well, is that does that really mean you're being successful if you're not you don't like what you're doing and it's painful for you. Like it's not giving you that feeling of, you know, like you said earlier, Sarah, like you wake up every day and you're excited and you, you know, you want to work hard towards something. And I think having, you know, listening to that and, and talking to other people who do feel successful, you know, not liking what you're doing, or even as Sarah mentioned, like, you know, if your one goal is to raise a great family and you're not like little things can affect you that way. And I think it's really important that, whatever you do choose to do, make sure you like it and you're passionate enough because the success will flow from there. It's something that you want to work towards. It's something that you want to be the best at. Um, and I couldn't imagine with the hours that we, that I've put in, into my company and into my job and things, I couldn't imagine waking up every day and and dreading going or hating going. I I don't think I could do it. Um, yeah. And I think, when you wake up and you don't enjoy something, what people don't see for people who reach, you know, pinnacles of success are the hours and hours and hours and years that have gone on behind the scenes before they hit that pinnacle. They think, hey, you know, this is fun to do for a week. And then I'm, you know, I'm going to launch this blog. I'm going to do this thing and boom, just like that, I'm going to be a raging success. And that's just, it's not how it works. Like, Gary, Gary V, he's, I mean, if you haven't heard of Gary V, obviously check him out, but like, he's a perfect example of a guy who he created, he talks about how he created content for 12 years before anybody noticed. And now the guy gets like millions of views on everything Mm -hmm. he does. And, you know, others like a fashion blogger I know who spent six years blogging until midnight every night after her day job after work. And now she's got her own like million dollar business, but it was those hours and those years before anyone knew who she was that made her successful so if you don't love it if you don't love the grind of what you're doing and what in the in this you know work that you're putting into it to your into your passion whether it's your side gig or whether it's your day job you're gonna burn out so fast and you're gonna be miserable right. and and you see it all the time there are no you can't cut corners for success you can't yeah. you, you can't cut corners you can't take the easy way and if you do take the easy way, I'm sure you've seen in some aspects of, I mean, I, I have, but it usually doesn't work out in the long run. And I think with success, like, I think with six to, to achieve success, you make a lot of choices and you make a lot of, 
you know, decisions on what you want out of life and what you want out of your career, what you want out of your family, what you want out of traveling, anything. You can break it up any way. But really, with success, it's about a choice. It's like you're, you're, you're choosing to dedicate you know, what your time and your energy to be successful at something. And I think appreciating that and acknowledging your own hard work, I don't do it often. And I'm sure, Sarah, you don't do it often because you just keep going. But sometimes if you take a step back and just appreciate all the work you did put in, even if you're not quite at that success, it will pay off. And I do believe that. I I do believe that. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's the baby steps. It's like any huge goal you have, you need to break it down and you need to celebrate those small victories as you get as you work towards that big huge goal because otherwise you know if you don't have anything to celebrate and I'm not saying like you know hoorah every single day because you did something you like we don't need a pat on the back every time we do something but you know understanding like you know did you publish that blog finally great did you get your podcast finally launched (laughs) (laughs) well you know (laughs) but you know there's so many opportunities for us to you know get down on ourselves because we're we're trying to stick to some timeline that we've made up in our heads that we need to do I think even for this podcast we had a timeline in mind and we got into it we got into like what it really takes to do a podcast Mm -hmm. and launch it and we run into all kinds of things that we didn't know we were gonna have to learn but we've you know we're trudging through it we're figuring it out (laughs) and you know hopefully if you're listening to this it's worked out (laughs) so any anything that you do you have to expect that a it's probably going to take longer than you think and b you've got you've got to celebrate like the little victories because otherwise it can it can quickly become something that isn't fun yeah so we like to kind of end each one with just some final thoughts before we go into our last segment and so kind of as we sarah and i were just talking you know this book that i talk about this book all the time and sarah's going to roll her eyes but it's called the tipping point by malcolm gladwell and you can take that book. You re, it's one of those books that you read and you so many different people get so many different things out of it. But it kept popping in my mind as we're talking about what it takes to be successful because the real basis of the book is basically good things and bad things pile up. You know, they come like it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, and then it has to tip eventually to be good. And vice versa, you know, things are good, things are good, things are good, and then you may get a blow that's bad and it's about how you pick yourself up. And it's about how you handle your success. And that just the, t- it's, I highly recommend the book, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Tipping Point, um, because it just reminds, it just reminds me that it can go either way. And I think it's a really good metaphor for kind of success. Like you may find that success early and then it may tip and you may have a downswing where you get a lot of punches or a lot of losses or, and then you have to build yourself back up. Or you may feel like you're just kicked in the mouth over and over and over and then if, if you keep working hard, it will tip in the other direction as well. Yeah. So, I, so I highly recommend the book um, just in general. It's one of, my, one of my, I call it my Bible books. I love the Bible too, but I call it one of my Bible books. I just get a lot out of it. Um, and also just work hard. That's my last thing. It's the number one thing that's driven me is just working hard. Yeah, and, and I think one thing that we didn't touch on too much, but that I think is fundamentally important is this idea of the people you surround yourself with. You know, find your tribe, find those people that are going to support you, that believe in your dreams, that don't think that you're crazy when you talk about these big ideas that you have. You know, find people who make you 
challenge yourself, who hold you to a higher standard, the people who are going to push you. And, and, you know, maybe not always push you, but maybe just be there. Maybe yeah. they're the support network for you. Like, just try to look at the people that you surround yourself with. And, and for any of them that, you know, don't support you or try to reel you back in and make you feel like you're thinking too big or too crazy or, you know, they just don't believe in, in your vision or the things that you want to do in your life because it's maybe too broad for their thinking, you know, you just have to really look around yourself and make sure that you're surrounding so- yourself with good people who, who support your dreams and, and want you to be successful. Well, and also who can yeah. help you if you have a broad dream who can take you a step back and help you make those steps to get there. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think that's so important, whether it's a mentor or it's just friends or coworkers that you really trust on that fundamental level. It's hard yeah. to find. Oh, totally. And, and you know, you might find that the people who have been your friends for 20 years aren't the right people anymore right. because they've, they're either, you know, jealous of your the direction you're going in or whatever it may be. You know, you see so many things happen with people, but you know, just look for those people. You'll know when you find them. Like, you'll know the people who are truly there to support you and just, you know, latch onto them. <laughs> you you really you really appreciate their advice and you really yeah. appreciate their opinions. You know, I ha- we Sarah and I both have friends where, you know, I, I we'll say, you know, what's going on. But I know that in the back of their mind it's not, you know, one of their priorities. But I also have a few people that really can bring me down a level and really help me get my mind around what I want to achieve. And so, Sarah, I think that's a phenomenal point yeah definitely and whether it's a mentor or a friend or a family you know whoever it is just find those people and make sure you surround yourself with the people who are going to help you reach your goals that's that's the most important thing well that was a good one but um so we like to end these episodes we i know we've only done the introduction episode but we like to do another segment that's a little more fun um we're going to be switching these up We, we talked about it a little bit on the first episode um, but for we want you guys to get to know us a little bit, get to know a little bit more of our personality. So this uh, segment that we're going to talk about right now is called Reckless Rant. <laughs> In our group of friends, we all are big ranters, and we thought this would be a fun way for you guys to get to know us about something that we've ranted about recently. So we'll, uh, we'll start with Sarah. All right, so my <laughs> reckless rant is going to be, I've actually gotten, it's like a double-edged sword almost. So this idea of like, you know, I'm, I'm quickly approaching 30 here, and for some reason now, when people, you know, are trying to give me a compliment, they tell me I'm looking good for my age. <laughs> for your age. For my age. And it used to be, you know, if I met someone out who was trying to tell me that I looked good, it was just like, hey, you look great, or I love that dress, or, you know, you look great. Never never before did they have to tag on the for your age. And so I, suddenly I'm getting this a lot, and I'm just confused as to when I hit that, you know, line between looking good and looking good for your age. Well, I do have to say... <laughs> Sarah and I and a couple of our friends took a trip to Mexico uh, for our 30th, and we actually called it a 29.5 because none of us were 30, but Sarah and I were sitting at one of the airport restaurants, and an older woman was overhearing us, and she goes, are you guys going on spring break? Like, my my daughter just had her spring break. She goes to, you know, XYZ College, and we were like, we love you for saying that, but we're actually turning 30. But like, that was kind of a compliment, but also a punch in the stomach. Exactly. It's like, I know they're coming from a good place, but, like, could they just, you know, just stick with the beginning 
and leave off the end. <laughs> so, so wait for the for the listeners. Is there any routines you're doing for the thirty year old look, or oh, what, for the for, for the, the, the sub the sub thirty look? Even though I you know thirty looking good for my age. I, I mean, I guess you know I. I work out regularly. I follow a balanced meal. I drink a lot of water. She does. So you know, if you want to, when you're about to turn thirty, if you still want to look good for your age, then those are my tips. Yeah, no, that's a good one. All right. So I'm a ranter, and this has been a common rant that if any of my friends are listening, you'll probably pick up on. We're going to talk about coupons, and. Here's my thing. I like coupons. I'm not dissing coupons. I'm not trying to offend anyone who uses coupons. This is my thing. When you go to Target or you go to the grocery store and you, you're not really paying attention and it's crowded and you're in a line and you have too many groceries to go into the express line and you don't want to be a jerk, but you get behind someone who has a hundred coupons that is just taking forever, doesn't know where they are. I gotta be honest, nothing ruins my day more than when that happens to me. I immediately see red. I am, I'm emotionally hijacked. The, like, I can't even see straight. I'm so irritated. And I, I'm really, really not trying to offend coupons and duds. I know you're going to say, I already know what you're going to say. I love the coupon apps. <laughs> However, I agree with you. I try to avoid the paper. I'm, I'm a digital coupon. Yeah, she's a di- so like I said, I'm not trying. I agree with coupons. My best friend's dad got, became a millionaire because he made a coupon book. So I'm not dissing on the the idea, but you know, as any good manager will say, don't just come to me with a problem. Come to me with some solutions. So I'm going to share with you my solutions to the coupon line situation. So the first is to the great American people who use coupons, paper coupons, have an understanding of what they are. And, and maybe organize them before you get into the line. Hear me out. So I know that's a pain, but I also know that there are certain types of coupons with what you're buying. So maybe like three little groups so you can quickly add them. Um, just, just an idea. The second thing, I think this is so easy and so important. Just give the person behind you a heads up. Like you're waiting in a line and be like, hey, I have a lot of disorganized coupons. <laughs> I just want to give you a heads up in case you want to switch lines. Like, I would literally buy that person, like, a coffee. I would go to the Starbucks and the in the Target and buy them whatever they want just so they – because they told me that. And I just think it would make the world a better place. Just let someone know that you're using the coupons. And this is for the stores. This is my third fix, and this is for the Targets and the grocery stores of the world. Have a separate line for them or just, you know, you know, you have the express line, 11 things that we all cheat, you know, if we have under 15, but it's like, just have a little sign that says coupon people here because then at least everyone with coupons will go to that line. And I think it, like I said, it will just make my shopping experience and my mental state in the world a better place. Yeah, I do have to admit, as much as I do love the electronic coupons, the few times that I've used a paper one, 
it's like you're waiting with bated breath to pray <laughs> that it goes through yeah. and that you don't need help from like the clerk who's going to take an hour to, to come get to over you. there and the beeping. Yeah, and yeah, the... it's 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 stressful. It... So as like for even for the couponer. <laughs> Like, yeah. I think they get stress sweats every time they go to use it because they know they're holding you up behind yeah. you. So it's, it's... And usually they want to go on break or there's a <laughs> shift. I mean, right? Like, they, they shift. I, yeah. I feel like they change shifts a lot. But anyway, that's my reckless ranch. Let A reckless rant. Let's make coupons uh, better, the coupon process, and Let's we'll be good to go. make coupons great again? Yeah, make coupons great again. Yes. <laughs> but... Anyway, we thank you for listening to our second episode. We want to hear what you think. So please reach out to us on the website. Um, email us. We're going to be, we want to hear what you think because we're going to be doing follow-up episodes with a panel. We want to invite some of the listeners on to a show and we'll do a, a success episode point two. And we want to have some of you guys on to talk about your experiences feeling success. So we truly, truly um, want to hear about it. And I think also subscribe. Subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Entry Level Podcast. Awesome. Thanks, guys.